Vanetics, with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, a series of weekly teachings on spiritual leadership, soul growth, and the principles of divine administration, presented by the Mandate of the Bright and Morning Star at the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. The title of this teaching is Home Life on a Neighboring Planet. Here is Neon Emerson Chase. What we're going to be reading about is a, is a country on this planet that's uh, like an island, a large island, like Australia, maybe that size or whatever, but it's a, a country that uh, that particular nation developed um, and was more progressive than the rest of the planet. And so they were lucky because they were an island, so they were separated by the others, and so they, they created a much higher culture than the rest of the nations on the planet. And I think it's interesting that they made a statement here about it's very rare um, that they share um, information about other worlds, and yet we have been shared information about other worlds in other universes since the, this paper came through in 1933, around 30, 1933. So we definitely are an experimental planet. Of course, uh, our world is a little different than the, this, this nation that we're reading about on this other planet. Um, and what we're trying to create here, a higher civilization. I think uh, <clears throat> the thing that stands out for me in what we just read um, is the tremendous responsibility uh, laid upon parents, that parents are uh, at a point, but they can't even get married till they're 25. So, and if you, you know, we read that they have a lot of rigorous training Starting at 15, they start pulling away much more from their parents and becoming more involved in the building of culture, the culture in becoming uh, citizens of the society and becoming a part of that. And so um, even though they're still closely linked with their parents, they're also cutting apron strings, so to speak. But by the time they're 25, because of how they have grown up, uh, being trained within the society with a lot of responsibility and accountability. And before that, parents who were extremely responsible, they too carried the values and ideals of this higher culture. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that they, uh, by the time they're 25, they're really together and they can get married and begin to have children. And of course, they've had an environment that's enhanced that. And they didn't, um, for us here, many people coming from the third dimension were brought up in a home that was dysfunctional. I don't know what the percentage of homes in, in our country, um, what uh, sociologists would consider dysfunctional, but I know it's a large, large percentage of homes that are, and that has a deep impact on souls. 
um, because for first light souls, that is their first experience. And so last week I had used the word patho-adolescent culture, that our dominant culture in this country is, has been referred to by certain people as patho-adolescent. Patho is short term for pathological. And so people haven't really grown up um, and aren't, they're children themselves. So it's children having children and then those children having children and the, grand, the grandparents are still children, <laughs> grandparenting, you know, their grandchildren and on and on and on. And that is due to basically having a dominant culture that, whose ideals are haven't grown up, basically, haven't been grown up. Parents, um, they just aren't equipped to have the responsibility to bring up their children the way they should. And so in this culture that we're building, we're trying to, first of all, help adults that came here, chronologically adults, but have been deeply, deeply damaged by um, the um, patho-adolescent dominant culture, uh, which is a result of the Lucifer Rebellion. And if starseed, fourth order starseed, deeply damaged by other choices and their original choice of in some manner going with the Lucifer Rebellion that happened in the system of Satania. And so um, we, are, we have a culture that's a little different. But another thing that stood out for me is the need for room and space around um, people and privacy and yet growth. And if you read the rest of the paper, you'll see other aspects of the, the culture, the civilization that are um, really wonderful. <laughs> Wish that some of that could happen in our dominant culture. But I was thinking of uh, my own upbringing because I, as I have shared with you before, I feel very blessed that I had a very highly functional home with parents who, um, were people of faith, and they that so God was present. They were our spiritual elders and our spiritual teachers. And though they, we went to church and everything, that was secondary. Our main religious spiritual training was in our home, just as it is in what we were just reading about. And my parents lived their faith. They practiced what they preached. And their main um, focus, my father and mother, was on creating a home and bringing up their four children. That was the focus, and they valued that. Of course, not having television in our home at the time, and of course, there was no such thing as social media and devices, so we didn't have to contend with that. But... Um, and my parents were very, very individualistic, and they were very clear in their roles. And my father was the breadwinner, and he had a college education, and he was a soil conservationist, soil and water conservationist, and worked. And my mother was a full-time homemaker, and she truly was a maker of a home. And our home was very warm and loving and welcomed many, many people, 
who didn't quite have those kind of warm homes, so they'd like to come and hang out in our home. My mother just, uh, when I just visited with her last about a week ago, she was telling me, because we were talking about um, the home and how she and my father brought us up, and she said that she always felt um, inferior to my father because he had a college education, she didn't. You know, he had a career and she didn't. So we talked about that and how she really wasn't inferior to my father at all, and he never did anything to make her feel that way. It's just how she felt. And, um, <clears throat> but that she had a very key role, which he valued also in the home, and because his focus was creating a home for his uh, family. And so um, it was interesting to talk to her about that and um, try to get her to see it from a different perspective, which I think she did. But um, saying all of that, it made me think of also um, the pattern of a marriage and a relationship that the Creator Son and the Infinite Spirit of the local universe was set up uh, for their uh, mortal families. And um, in describing in that wonderful section in the Urantia book the relationship between the, our Michael son, Christ Michael, and our uh, Nebadonian universe mother spirit, that beautiful relationship they have, what stands out for me is they were, they're very unique beings and they have their very distinct roles. And um, uh, the universe mother is very much confined to her home of Nebadon. She can't go anywhere else. So she is the primary homemaker <laughs> of Nebadon. On a human level, my mother stayed home while my father was able to go out and move around. And they had their distinct individual uh, roles and responsibilities, and yet they complemented each other. And um, then I find it interesting, too, that the universe mother would not, um, did not need to submit to the creator son, her complement, her partner, um, who is a paradise origin being, um, until um, he became qualified. It means uh, from a human perspective, no woman, no wife need submit to her husband until he is spiritually qualified and mature enough and can fit that role. And so the Michael son had to go through seven bestowals and become then um, a master son. And then the universe mother um, felt that he was qualified uh, where she would submit to him. But he, in turn, honored her and respected her, and she was right at his side and is right at his side. But they're very distinct in their roles. They don't compete with each other or anything like that. They complement each other. And it says at the end of that beautiful section that they are the ideal, the relationship they have, 
is the ideal pattern for human marriage and uh, the relationship that uh, men and women should have with each other, which I think is, is a very beautiful thing. Um, it stands out also that um, they don't really, on this planet that we read about in this nation, they don't really have to have specified sacred places of worship because their entire life is that. You know, it's completely a part of their life that all of life is sacred and every place should be and that you can worship anywhere because they carry that within them. And that is our goal here in divine administration. And the temple that they have is a temple of uh, religion and philosophy. And it's where you go to study about uh, ideals and philosophy and spiritual ideals. And we're building a temple that is connected to the university of um, our university. And so, and it's, we're, we're studying spiritual truths and philosophy and all of those ideals that make up creating um, a culture in this time and space, an advanced culture on this planet, um, which I think is, is, you know, wonderful. Very exciting to look forward to. Um, every day I get up very excited about what are, what's going to happen today, you know, the vision that we have and that we are all participating in and bringing up our children as part of that vision and sharing that with our complement um, is part of the vision and having that in our home families, all of that, so that wherever we go, we ourselves are a temple, and our home should be a temple, our garden should be a temple. Um, every aspect of our uh, life should be a temple, and so intricately related to the universal laws of the Father. And the, I think one of the most exciting things is about our university, too, is that we, we aren't just studying about all the great thoughts and ideas and accomplishments of humans on this planet, which is a wonderful study, and to read all those philosophies and the wonderful teachings from the various evolutionary religions. But we're cosmic. We're learning, you know, we're learning about the cosmology of the master universe and really getting into the makeup of the grand universe and how we are universe citizens and connected and the great place that we have in, in that beautiful grand scheme of ascension and evolution. Um, and I, there, I don't think there's another place on the planet that is experiencing at the level that we are experiencing this unfoldment into our understanding and that into, you know, in our minds and in our hearts. And so I'm very grateful for that. And um, I would love to visit this planet, especially fly directly into that country, forget the other nations, 
but just that I'd love to visit with them and spend some time with them or have some of them come and visit us. And I have a feeling that uh, in the future, sometime after the final ch change point, some of those people that live in that nation, some of those top leaders will be coming to visit with us. And I'm really looking forward to that. Vanetics, a weekly podcast highlighting the teachings of Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, founders of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion, home of the Global Temple of Divine Administration. For those who feel called to serve humanity as destiny reservists, visit uaspr.org. We bid you come.